Today's episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Based out of New York, The Gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. While we are all unable to travel, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, The Gallery is offering our listeners 15% off of their purchases by using the code 15OFF. Go to thegallery.com, that's G-A-L-R-Y.com, so your wall will never be boring again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And on today's show, we have a little something different. Uh, we'll be kicking today's show off with an interview uh, with Jonathan Alexander, the newest Panthers beat writer for the Charlotte Observer. Had a lot of fun talking to him, and can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yeah, uh, he actually just came out with a new article about Jeremy Chin. It was a great read. I highly recommend everybody to go check it out. And check out the rest of his stuff. He has a lot of good articles already out. Yeah, definitely listen to the interview. It was a lot of fun. Um, and check him out on The Observer. Uh, after the interview, stick around. We'll be talking some NFL news. And we're going to get into a couple of positions, linebacker and offensive line. That, Jerry, was the winner of our Twitter poll. Shockingly. Shockingly. <laughs> That's what I the people want to hear. You and, you and I have the finger on the pulses as we both predicted one of the other ones to win. Yeah, and they both tied for second, I think. So, um, yeah, offensive line and linebacker will be the discussion. Uh, we'll kind of talk about the positions and get into it a little bit. So, uh, without further ado, here's the interview. All right, everybody, we have a special guest with us today, uh, the newest, I believe, beat writer for the P- Carolina Panthers, uh, for the Charlotte Observer, Jonathan Alexander. Jonathan, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. I'm pretty good. I appreciate y'all inviting me. I'm excited to be here. That's great. Um, kick us off here for those that haven't read your uh, sort of intro article on the Observer, which I greatly encourage everyone to go do. Just give us a little information about yourself and how you became to be the newest beat writer for the Panthers. Yeah, so um, I'm, from, I'm originally from Charlotte, um, born and raised. Uh, went to school in Durham with the North Carolina Central University. And after I graduated, I got a job at the News and Observer. Um, and I worked there for seven years. And among the jobs I had, among the beats I covered were Duke and Carolina, and Carolina football and basketball. Uh, and, I, and I did that for, I did that for about three years. and kind of had always had on my mind that I wanted to cover a professional team. Um, whether that was NBA or, or NFL, which were my two preferences, um, I wanted to do one of those. And then the opportunity to cover the Panthers came open and it was within the company. Um, and, I, and I'd love to stay within the company. So that opportunity, you know, I went for it. Um, and it took a while. Uh, um, because I don't know if y'all know, but with the newspaper industry, there's a lot of stops and starts. Mm. Um, so uh, it, it took a while. And then, you know, finally they asked me, um, did I want to interview for it? And I, you know, basically say, heck yeah. 
and uh, interviewed for it and got the job and, uh, you know, excited to be here, excited to come back home, excited to cover, you know, the NFL, the most watched sport in America. Are you a Panthers fan growing up? I assume being around here? Growing up, um, yeah. I went to games when I was young. And, you know, that's natural being in Charlotte and watching the NFL. Um, of course, over time, when I started covering sports and when I had the goal to cover the NFL, you know, I, I had to put that fandom um, aside. Right. Um, you know, with every beat, I want to be objective and I want to look through that lens. But the good thing about it is, you know, I, I, I kind of know the pulse of the fan base. And I, I kind of, you know, I know, you know, how they feel about the history and, and, and how they feel about the current team. So I think that's going to help me uh, in this job. And you're kind of coming into the Panthers organization in a transition too. So are you kind of looking forward to growing with the, t- the new team, how it is with Matt Rule's reign? Yeah, definitely. You know, being that it's a, a almost a brand new team, there are a lot of new faces. So we're kind of on a level playing field and, and meeting everybody. I'm the new guy. They're the new guys. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm excited to do that and, and learn. You know, I have um, kind of experience with that in covering Carolina. It uh, when Mac Brown and his staff mm-hmm. came along, it was you know his first year there. It was my second year. I was the newest. I was still the newest writer on that beat. So. You know, I got a chance to grow with them, and you know, I think there's the opportunity to grow with the Panthers as well as they, you know, start this new era. Yeah, like Jerry said, you know, a new uh, a new reign for the Panthers, but you're also coming in at a crazy time for the world in general with the pandemic going on. Is it kind of a bummer, I guess, to start your job here with you know all this non-sports? Um, stuff affecting the sports world, affecting everybody? Or do you sort of look at it as an opportunity to really explore this in a different way? You know, I think both. Um, I think on one side, you know, you know, I love being able to meet people face-to-face, being able to shake hands, being able to physically go to the games and experience the atmosphere. And that same atmosphere isn't going to be there um, but on the on the other side of things, it'll be the most interesting season in the history of the NFL. So we'll get the opportunity to see new things, tell different stories, uh, and I'm I'm excited about that. And nobody has experienced this ever, right. um, yeah. except maybe like in the early uh, <laughs> 1900s. But still, like nobody has experienced this and what's going on. Nobody who's alive has experienced this. How about that? Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, we get a chance to see how that goes. Um, so I'm excited on one part and a little disappointed on the other part. And, um, and, and have, they, have they kind of told you, like, what your their availability for you is going to be, or is it still up in the air? You know, I think there have been some, excuse me, some ideas kind of floated around. You know, I think at training camp, we're probably only going to speak to people via Zoom. Um, and, you know, if that happens, then I would assume that that would be for the rest of the season. Um, so we're not going to probably have much face-to-face time with the players. Um, and, and that part is a little bit discouraging, but, you know, we all have to do it. We all have to make do with what we have. Yeah, that was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask was just how are you sort of preparing 
for this season? Um, and then uh, secondly, you know, how is it different preparing for a professional sports season versus preparing for a college sports season? That's a good question. Uh, well, I'm having to do a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of text messages, a lot of phone calls. Um, so that part is, while I did that in the, when there wasn't the coronavirus, um, you know, I, I can't meet people. And, you know, it's, it's really easy to form a relationship when you can see somebody face to face, of course. Um, and I'll miss that. Um, the difference between pairing for an NFL season and uh, a college season, you know, the difference between the NFL and college is uh, in college is a lot more controlled. Um, you're not really allowed to, you know, talk to players without the permission of the SIDs. And maybe to some degree that happens in the NFL. However, these men, they are men and they can make the decision for themselves. Um, so I'm doing a lot more talking to players before I start, you know, this beat. Um, where in college, I would probably do a lot more talking to the coaches uh, first. Um, and um, not having the advantage of knowing the players unless they had already been there when I was on the beat. So um, just kind of preparing. Uh, that part is a little different and I'm totally prepared for the NFL because it's uh, being that it's more fast paced. So I have to be on my P's and Q's and, and, and uh, kind of, you know, plan out things uh, just a little bit more than what I do if I was covering the college. And with you, you've already been talking to the players. Has any of the like new newcomers or anything really stand out or anybody kind of stand out while you've talked to them so far or? Um, you know, I, I, I like um, one of the players I've talked to uh, was was um, um, Stanley Thomas Oliver, and he has a good personality. I I, I think you know he, he seems kind of you know um, not very loud or or but you know you can tell he's he's deep and where he's come from and, and kind of his backstory, which I, I hope to write a story on him pretty soon. You know, it's it's, it's very interesting. Um, talked a little bit to to Trey Boston. You know, he we have that Carolina connection. Oh, yeah. uh, Carolina, he went to Carolina, so we can talk that same language. Um, I hadn't talked much to him, but talked a little bit. Talked to Russell Okun, very intelligent person. Um, and you know, I didn't I, I didn't really realize. I mean, people told me he was an interesting guy, but when you kind of just listen to him and break down, you're like, oh, this guy's smart. I, I better know what I'm talking about when I'm talking to that guy. Um, so, and, then, and I talked to a few others, um, Jeremy Chin briefly. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's so far so good. We're, uh, Jerry and I are both big Jeremy Chin guys oh, here. Yeah. So we're very much looking forward to seeing him this season. <laughs> um, you know, in your talks with the, the organization in general, not just the players, but the coaches and mm -hmm. uh, other staff, how are they feeling about, you know, the COVID situation and the way the NFL is preparing? Are, are they comfortable with, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff where the players are not super comfortable with how the NFL has gone about listening to the experts and um, the, the testing that, you know, is, is potentially being proposed. Um, how are mm -hmm. you, what sense are you getting from them as to their comfort level? Yeah, I haven't had an opportunity to speak with the coaches yet. Hopefully that'll come next week is what I've been told. Okay. Um, as far as the players go, you know, they're extremely uh, uh, concerned um, that the NFL hasn't come up with the guidelines or they hadn't. Uh, 
mm-hmm. come up with the guidelines for safety. You know, they finally got a little bit of understanding. But, you know, these players are, are worried. They have families back home. And, and if they catch the coronavirus and unknowingly and they take it back home, you know, you know they, they're, they're worried about that in particular. Uh, a lot of people are worried about them. And some people really don't really have a choice, you know, especially if you're one of those undrafted mm-hmm. guys or you don't make a lot of money and you're really trying to impress, uh, you know, your coaches and, and make the roster. A lot of people don't have that choice to stay home, even if they're super concerned about it. Um, so a lot of guys are concerned. A lot of guys want answers. A lot of guys want to feel safe and, and feel like, you know, they won't be harmed in any certain way. I was just reading, um, you know, Von Miller's interview with the Washington Post and how he was trying to, you know, warn people that this is a serious virus. Even somebody as healthy as him, you know, got serious symptoms um, from COVID and he has asthma and he dealt with breathing problems um, and other symptoms. And um, and I think guys probably see that and, um, you know, that, that fuels in their concern as well. Yeah. And not wanting to bring it home to their families. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a huge thing. I live with my family, uh, my mom and, and my dad right now. Um, you know, as I as I first got here, and you know they're in their early sixties, and I, I worry about them, me going out, and uh, what if I catch it? So I try to be as careful as possible, and I know these guys worry about those same things. Yeah. Do you have any sense if uh, you know anyone is thinking about sitting out the season or opting out of the season? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if they're really saying that yet or not, but any sense from that? I, I haven't got a sense. And when we talk to um, the Players Association, the representatives at the Players Association, it seemed like maybe they had had some talks, but they said they weren't aware of anyone who would formally opt out of the season. Okay. So I would think that players are still thinking about it, but have not made a decision as to whether they'll opt out yet. Is there anything in this NFL proposal that you've seen that allows for opting out with, you know, not massive pay cuts or anything like that i know like baseball and and the nba sort of have that the option for the players right but the nfl i don't know have you seen anything about that i don't think anything has been official okay. some things have been thrown out there but that that I, I think that they're trying to figure out the financials mm-hmm. um because i'm sure that they're that they could take a pay hit if they do opt out of the season i don't know the nfl uh you know when and the owners wouldn't you know, be happy about that. And they have a lot more control than say the NBA's owners or the MLB's owners. Um, so I know that that will be, that that right now is a hot topic and, and one, um, one of the things that they're trying to work out. I have a question more along the lines of just fun Panthers. <laughs> he keeps bringing up all this like serious stuff and I'm like, oh, this is not going to be. <laughs> yeah. um, I even tried to change my background for your future here. I don't know if you know. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, yeah. With the position battles in training camp, is there any one that you're particularly kind of interested to see how it plays out? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to be opposite of Trey Boston. I'm, I'm thinking Jeremy Chin has that chance. Um, he has that opportunity. Um, but that's going to be interesting. Um, and I think, you know, you know, with uh, with Green coming in there, 
I'm trying to um and 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 they say that you know they value Curtis Samuel's um, ability to do a lot of different things. You know, I want to see how he still fits in mm -hmm. uh, with Robbie Green coming in there. Um, so he, that's one position battle. Um, you know, I I don't know exactly how the defense is going to look. So whether they'll run more of a four four three or three four or or multiple fronts, I need to do more research on that. But you know, you'll have um, you know we, we know two two of the starter two of the linebacker starters, and you know I'm I'm wondering who who the third guy is if they do run that. Um, so th those are they seem to have the defensive line kind of preset. I know Derek Brown's going to be a terror over there opposite of KK if he can get you know healthy. Um, so among those that secondary in particular. I think has a lot of questions and yeah. they need to know who is going to be the starter for sure in that safety and that opposite cornerback spot. Yeah. That's something we talked about a lot is, uh, you know, it seems like the secondary is definitely the biggest question mark on the team. Um, we obviously drafted some guys that could help in the secondary, especially opposite maybe Dante Jackson uh, at corner. Um, yeah. Any, any thoughts on a rookie that might surprise or, you know, I think we're expecting Derek Brown, of course, to be pretty good yeah. from day one. Um, but any of these guys, you know, second round on that are just going to shock Panther fans? I mean, just like y'all said earlier, um, you know, that guy Jeremy Chin, uh, I just think he was doubted most of his career, wasn't seen much. And, you know, he, um, you know, he started, went to Southern Illinois and he impressed. You know, a lot of a, a, a huge reason for him being doubted was because he was undersized in high school. Mm -hmm. Five seven, grew to six three. Like, geez, like, so like when he was five seven, he had that speed, right? He was able to learn certain things and have that toughness because he had to compensate for that loss of height. And then you get that height, and then you only keep that speed, and you only keep that toughness. So I think. You know, and a lot of people say great things. Tyron Matthew, Charles Wilson. When you have endorsements from those two people, you know this kid's going to be good. Um, so, you know, I've seen some of the highlights. I like the way he moves. And I think he's going to be a big guy um, for the Panthers and has that potential to start. Um, and so he, he's that one guy. Yeah. Not I know he had a lot of measurables that were very comparable to Isaiah Simmons, who, of course, went in the top ten. And a lot yeah. of Panthers fans, including us, you know, were kind of hoping that we would draft him if he fell to us. Um, yeah. But it seems like he might be sort of that exact same type of player, just at a much uh, you know, cheaper speed, price, essentially. Higher jumping ability, yeah. yeah. And I saw Isaiah Simmons play live yeah. when Carolina played Clemson, and he is a freak of nature. Yeah. Like, I was amazed. There's There are some individuals that you see playing, you go, oh, He's got it. Like, that's not normal. And Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah Simmons was one of those guys. Yeah. Well, hopefully Jeremy Chin will do that as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. He looks like he has that ability. Any uh, UNC guys that either came out or might be coming out this year that people are sleeping on? Any UNC guys that people are sleeping on? Let's see who got drafted. Um, Charlie Heck got drafted in the fourth round. Jason Strobridge got drafted, I think, in the third round. Or no, Charlie Heck was fifth. Jason Strobridge was fourth. I like Jason Strobridge. 
Um, I think he has potential. He was really good for Carolina, and when he was out, they were terrible in stopping the run. Um, Charlie Heck has incredible size. He's six foot seven, and that's what you want to see in your offensive lineman. Uh, he got better as the season, as as his career went on. Um, so, um, you know, it, it, it's it's still. I'm sure he still has a lot to learn. His dad's offensive line coach for Kansas City Chiefs, so I'm, he, you know, he can. You know, pick that up. Yeah. But um, I like Jason Strobridge. He he's somebody, you know, to watch. And um, you know, they got some guys who want to come out next year as well who can be pretty good. So yeah, well, you know, we'll see about that. Do you have any sense of what your game day routine is going to be? Not necessarily just this year, uh, although certainly I think this year will probably be different. But you know, on a normal game day, are you on the field? Are you in the press box? Are you you know, at home watching like the rest of us. Uh, what's what's the game day routine for an observer reporter? Yeah, on a on a normal day, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not even sure they allow us on the field during the game. But even if they did, I I probably wouldn't do that because back in college, um, you know, we were allowed on the field. I went to a small school in North Carolina Central, and uh, I got hit one time because I was too close to the sidelines. Oh. And I was taking photos. I was, I was taking photos, so that's where I was. I was down there, but I said I'll never be on the field again. Uh, you know, I got thrown about ten feet. Wow. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, I'm in the press box. You know, that's that's typical. You know, protocol being in the press box, seeing it from up high. I'm sure this year we'll social distance. Uh, we'll have more seats in between us, uh, and there'll probably be less people in the press box, unfortunately. Um, but I know I'll be up there and watching the game from there um, and in a much quieter, you know, setting um, than normal. What's the deadline usually for you to get your, you know, game day thoughts out? Are you expected to get it within a couple hours of the game ending or how does that normally work? Yeah, for me, um, and I'm sure it's the same um, at the Charlotte Observer because it's the same company. We have to have a story, a quick story based on what happened right after the buzzer mm. so so like quickly very soon so we're writing during the game yeah um and then usually with my other job my old job um we did an analysis we you know after doing the interviews and and, and kind of analyzing you know what happened and looking back to what happened we analyzed the game um and um and any future stories um that we may see any interesting features we can turn around pretty quickly um we may do that the next day you know it might be a little easier um i was a solo one man man crew on um you know when i was covering carolina and i get elena getzenberg who's a really you know terrific reporter and writer so we'll, we'll get to split that up and possibly do more things on game day, on game day. okay is uh scott fowler still yeah okay. scott fowler you know still covers team as a columnist so okay. he'll have his opinion out there he always gives yeah. strong opinions i used to read scott fowler when i was a kid yeah. um, <laughs> picking up the newspaper i know that makes him feel old but, you know. yeah he's a legend man yeah um, he really is i was i was kind of reading your uh your bio again today and uh and seeing you say you know when you're eight nine years old picking up paper reading him and tom Sorensen, <laughs> and i was just thinking yeah me too like uh and now like my kid you know when he gets to be that age, he's going to be picking up paper reading you. So, yeah. I mean, that's got to be a pretty cool feeling. 
I mean, that's awesome to even think about. Yeah. And you know, anytime somebody told me they read me when I was covering Carolina, it still was kind of like a, you know, oh wow, <laughs> like you read me. Like, I don't know why I never got, I never got used to that. You know, hearing that. Yeah. So you know, that's, a, that's an honor to even think about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we all read him, Scott Fowler and Tom Sorensen. So yeah, yep. you're gonna be one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I, I respect those guys so much, tremendously. So with you growing up here in Charlotte, I wanted to ask, what is your <laughs> best Charlotte moment as a kid? Ooh. Sports moment, I should say. In, in the sports building. Uh, oh, okay. So this didn't even, I, this is so small. And it's so, it's really small. But I just remember when, do y'all remember what year Shaq went to the Heat? Was it 2004? 2004. Yes. So it was his very first year. We were at a Hornets game. Or was it Bobcats at that time? I was Bobcats at that time. I, I was unfortunately yeah. Bobcats. <laughs> yeah, no, no wonder they took our whole class. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember, uh, I guess I was 13, 14. Um, and... Uh, yeah, probably 14. And uh, I remember it was a bunch of us and our classmates sitting together and Shaq wasn't playing. And, you know, we were kind of kind of almost near the bench and we were screaming, Shaq, Shaq, <laughs> Shaq. And we probably yelled his name probably 10 times. He finally looked and waved at us. And that was just so kind of cool, <laughs> uh, you know, just to see him kind of wave at us uh, and, and acknowledge us. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I remember that clearly. and. I remember going to the Hornets games too when I was young and uh, you know, something about, you know, NBA, I was thinking about this ye uh, yesterday. It was something about, you know, the NBA games and how it was like a performance, mm -hmm. you know, you know, they have the music and, and I haven't been to any NBA game in a while. I, I definitely missed that uh, for sure. I had a lot of good memories watching the Hornets. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I love football and love watching football, but there's something about being in a basketball game live. Yeah. That is just like the energy and yeah. gosh, it's, it's intoxicating. I love it. Especially um, like the energy can go up and then it can, goes really up yeah. as it's at the <laughs> yeah. end of the game. And yeah. yep. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. who's your, uh, who's your favorite Panther of all time? Oh, oh, absolutely. I grew up um, my era. Any guys who are like about 40 right now, it's like my era when I was peak loving players. So, you know, when I was growing up, you know, Steve Smith was was that guy. Like he he got the energy flowing. He he got you excited. Um, it's definitely 100 percent without a doubt. Steve Smith. Were you as heartbroken as the rest of us when he went oh, to yeah, the Ravens? Yeah. I, was, I was definitely hurt. Um, you know, when I saw that, he was like, he was that franchise. Yeah. And just, and he, and you could tell he still had something in him. Not to the degree that he played his first, yeah. you know, two years at, like, I, I didn't see that. But you, you still, you still could see that he could contribute in some way. Yeah. And you watch, just watch the Panthers just like cut him without, yeah. you know, and a, a thought about it. I, you I know, think he had 2,000 yard seasons after he left us in Baltimore. Oh my goodness! And that first season was just like, I remember that first game he had a touchdown and like stiff arm, Adam <laughs> Pacman Jones and just it was just so mean. Yeah. <laughs> and every time he played against us, he just destroyed us. I mean, I remember 150 yard games against us at least twice. 
Absolutely. Like he he was you know, when you when you doubt Steve Smith, he's gonna prove you wrong. Yep. Have you met him yet? I, he's kind of around the what, team now, right? You know what's funny? I haven't I haven't met him in a long time, but I was doing an internship when I was in high school, I think eleventh grade, after my eleventh grade year, and I was working for interning at a TV station. Um Kelly and Bruce, I can't remember their last name, but uh, so I like I went to training camp. This is right after Steve Smith punched Ken Lucas, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember seeing Steve Smith walking by himself after he did a press conference, and I said, "Hey, uh, Mr. Smith," and then he kind of looked at me and was wondering what I had to say. Maybe he thought I was going to ask him a question, and I said, "I just want to introduce myself to you." Hmm. He said, "Okay," and I think he shook my hand and. And kind of walked away and i'm sure he was like going through a lot at that time but um so i did meet him when i was in 11th grade but hadn't met him hadn't spoken to him since yeah well you know it seems like he's sort of patched up his uh misunderstandings i guess with the organization with tepper coming yeah. in and so get you know him gone. hopefully he'll be around <laughs> yeah get him and gone get him in with something wasn't he oh, so glad he's gone even yeah. my my dislike of marty herney i am still glad Gettleman is gone. Yeah. He was something. Well, uh, Jerry, you got any other questions? No. I just want to say thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. Um, And everybody go check out Charlotte Observer's website. Um, Like I I kind of mentioned earlier, Jonathan's got a, a good article out about what you can sort of expect from him as a Panthers beat writer. It's really good. Um, And then you've got a few articles out now. I noticed a lot of them kind of deal with COVID. So like, how excited are you to get to sort of start writing about actual football again? (laughs) Yeah, I I can't wait. You know, we haven't talked to the players and, you know, um, you know, we haven't had availability with the players since I've been here. So, you know, we're, it's just been kind of analyzing and a lot of discussions have been based around uh, COVID. So, um, you know, I'm sure when the players get here, we get to talk more than then COVID. We'll get to talk about COVID, but we'll get to talk a little more about COVID as well. So I'm super excited about that. And we're super excited to read about it, man. So yeah. Welcome, uh, you know, back to Charlotte, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon. Yeah, definitely. Just hit me up anytime. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. No problem. Earl Thomas is a well-known football player, but what many fans don't know is that he and his brother are huge train enthusiasts. Choo-choo! With this love, they created Thomas Brothers Trains. The fine craftsmanship of these trains is second to none. The details on the large cabooses is exquisite. So go out to your local hobby store and get your Thomas Brothers Trains today. Remember to be careful when you're running your train. Your wife might have a gun. And we are back. All right. Uh, That was an awesome interview. I really enjoyed talking to him. And uh, hopefully we can get him on the podcast again, maybe sometime later in the season, if if some exciting things are happening. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Now we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of news. We're going to actually start here in Charlotte. Uh, the Charlotte soccer team, or MLS team, has released their name and crest. Uh, they named their team the Charlotte Football Club, or Charlotte FC. And the crest is really kind of cool. It has a crown and everything. You should go check it out. With the same color scheme as the Panthers, it'll be really nice for them to play with the stadium already set up in the color scheme and stuff like that. 
Uh, the only thing is, the next day, Dan Starrator went ahead and stole the idea and has announced that the Washington, the NFL team in Washington will be temporarily named Washington football team. I don't know about you, Stephen, but I feel like Dan Snyder is just trying to rip off Jerry or, uh, Tepper no. right now. Yeah. <laughs> How dare we you? need to edit that one <laughs> out. That almost slipped the tongue. <laughs> yeah, you know, David Tepper is just a trendsetter, right? He's, <laughs> you know, I actually really like the crest for the Charlotte uh, FC. Mm-hmm. I think it's really nice. It's clean. I've seen a lot of people saying that it was sort of a little plain looking. Darren Ravel, the uh, kind of sports finance reporter, uh, said it looked like a high school student had made it in paint, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Um, but I really like it. So, And they follow us on Twitter, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah and the MLS seems to not go towards like the big like mascots and stuff like that and they're all the crests are pretty simple and tamed down the craziest thing is the red bulls yeah yeah at least we're not like the charlotte monster energy drink you know or whatever (laughs) like rock star right charlotte rock stars Uh, Uh, but the washington football team i do want to jump on them real quick they're coming out with like merchandise jerseys and merchandise and hats i was like is this genius by dan starter because you know next year when they do a whole name brand they're going to get a lot of people to buy stuff and some people are going to buy a lot of this washington football team stuff too it's i almost think it's genius for a wonder yeah i wonder if this stuff will be collectible you know 15 years from now 20 years from now oh i bet you it's not i bet you a ton of people are buying it just for that reason or it could just end up being like the Bobcats, where nobody cares. Nobody wants any of that <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, you know, you're right. I mean, it, it is definitely going to be a moneymaker for them, um, especially for those people that really want to get sort of the stink of the Redskins name off of them, mm-hmm. and they want to have new merchandise. Yeah. The only thing is they don't have like a big, big marquee name to everybody's going to go jump and grab their jerseys. I guess well, Chase plus, Young is pretty big, but... Yeah. Plus, you know, who's wearing jerseys this year, really? I mean, you're not going to any games. You're not really going to sports bars with a ton of other people. You I know, will be wearing my jersey every week, every time I, the I'm Panthers I'm sure you plan. will. But the, the normal fan, you know, may not be running out to buy new merchandise. That's all I'm saying. This year. Are you mocking you me know. for painting my face during game days, even when I'm at home? <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. <laughs> um, the Panthers signed an undrafted rookie punter, Joseph Charlton, to a three-year deal Wednesday. Uh, this is a little surprising considering, you know, Michael Pilardi has been our punter for the last several years and actually had a career year last year. Uh, but I think this is just a camp guy. Bring him in. Um, you know, these three-year deals, sounds like that's a lot of time, but they could cut him tomorrow and really not be on the hook for anything. Um, but Panthers Reddit is on fire. They really like this guy. So a uh, South Carolina guy, so local local kid. Um, but, hey, you know, more competition is good. I mean, we saw what happened last year with Joey Sly and Graham Gano. You know, Sly looked good in camp, and Gano got hurt, and all of a sudden we have a new kicker. So who knows? Yeah, I predict it's just a camp leg. But three years, you know, who knows? They may try to just get him on the practice squad or, you know. Yeah. I doubt he's a kickoff specialist. Yeah. Um, 
The NFL and the NFLPA agreed to amendments on the CBA on Friday. Uh, it'll include no preseason games, a lowered salary cap over the next four years after COVID has done some damage, and a 16-man practice squad. Uh, I did see quite a few players come out and kind of get upset. Trey Boston, I know, was on fire on Twitter over this agreement because he did not like it. I guess it's, there's not, they can, if they opt out, there's no guarantee money for them. And they basically opt out of their contract. Yeah, it's weird. Like, they're still going to be obligated to fulfill the remainder of their contract. um, But they'll be giving up the money that they were owed. And we'll actually talk about this here in a minute. Um, with someone who has opted out, but uh, I think if they opt out, they get $150,000. That's it. So, you know, Trey Boston is making, what, three, four, five million dollars a year, something like that. Uh, he'd basically be giving up all that money to sit out. I don't know. Um, I mean, we, we thought that preseason probably wouldn't happen. Um, just that seemed to be where things were going. You know, even though the NFL announced that there would be two preseason games, I think we kind of figured that eventually that was not going to happen. Um, and then the salary cap portion of it, you know, the players wanted the salary cap losses from this season to be spread out over the next several years. So it sounds like they got their wish there. But I don't know. I, I think at, at least this means that everybody's on the same page and hopefully we'll have a season. Yeah, Hopefully. At least it won't be it won't be uh, cut short because of labor disputes. <laughs> yeah. Right. So speaking of which, the Chiefs starting guard Laurent Duvernay Tardif opted out of the 2020 season. Uh, he is the only player in the NFL who is a medical doctor. He has a yeah. doctorate in medicine. First ever. First ever. Yeah. So that's a little scary, right? That mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the guy who probably knows the most about the virus and uh, you know how it spreads and all that has decided he doesn't want to be anywhere near football. Um, hopefully that's not a harbinger of things to come. But uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's opted out of his contract uh, for the 2020 season and he will receive $150,000 stipend. Now it says high risk individuals will opt out and can receive $350,000 where those with less risk would receive $150,000. I'm interested to know what they decide makes you high risk versus low risk maybe if you have diabetes or something like that you, you would be deemed high risk um but this in particular he is not considered high risk so um that's you know it's interesting because he's the first one uh, to opt out i expect he'll be the first of many yeah he's actually been on the front line too uh he's been volunteering uh his time since he's not He's a medical doctor. He has his doctorate and everything, but he can't practice at this moment because I guess he has to pass something. So he's been actually operating as a nurse, you know, a qualified nurse and stuff. And this is a statement from him. Being at the front line during this offseason has given me a different perspective on the pandemic and the stress it puts on individuals in our healthcare systems. I cannot allow myself to potentially transmit the virus in our community simply to play the sport that I love. If I am to take risk, I will do it caring for patients. So So I wonder if that means he's going to, instead of play football, he's actually going to be working in the hospitals and the clinics and things like that. 
I would assume so, since he's already been doing it. And I guess he, I mean, financially would be, you know, a lot less money, but morally, probably feel better to use his other skills. Here's what a guy named Anthony on Twitter says. I say this in all sincerity. Being an NFL player is more important than being a doctor. I am not kidding. Let's just block this guy real fast. <laughs> oh my god there are people like that in the world jerry oh my gosh all right let's get to the biggest news of the day <sighs> the biggest news of the day uh as we are recording this on saturday all pro jet safety jamal adams and a fourth round pick were traded to the seattle sea chickens for two first-round draft picks, a third-round draft pick, and safety Bradley McDougal. A day after Jamal Adams commented on Adam Gay saying, I don't feel like he's the right leader for this organization to reach the promised land. That's a good way to get out of town. Yeah. I mean, I, after Adam Gase's previous stops, he's probably on speaking the truth. <laughs> um but the Jets came away with a nice haul. Yeah, I guess. I mean, any confidence that the Jets could draft a star player with those no. picks and keep no. them long term? I mean, that's this is just yet another example of them having, you know, someone worth something and they didn't want to stick around. That organization just doesn't inspire any confidence. Um, you know, you and I talked a few weeks ago about Jamal Adams and whether or not mm -hmm. he'd be a good fit here. Um, we sort of speculated on the compensation. I didn't think it'd be nearly this. Oh, I did. I didn't think I did. I did not think that it would be two first round picks and a third round pick and an, a player. Okay, I let me let me. I did think it was going to be a first, maybe two first, a lot, but not everything they got. They got a lot more than I was expecting to. They did. Um, I mean, this makes the Seahawks better today, mm -hmm. you know. Um, three years from now, when they have lost their first-round picks, you know, consecutive years, I don't know. But uh, obviously, they're in win-now mode. They have been for a while, so. It is interesting, though, that they let Earl Thomas walk, uh, what, last year or the year before yeah. when he wanted some money. Earl Thomas is a good bit older, but still, you know, still playing really good. So they have to pay Jamal Adams now. Granted, he's a lot younger, but... Jamal Adams is considered a superstar at that position. I think, well, Earl Thomas has been too. I think yeah. currently Jamal Adams is better than Earl Thomas. Right. Uh, that just makes sense. J yeah. Jamal Adams is hitting his peak while Earl Thomas is on his... Yeah. Towards the Which, end. Which, I mean, that's sort of what you want to do, right? You want to get rid of the guy's before they're costing you so much money and not producing anything and you want to get the guy in who's right now not making a ton of money and is producing a lot so uh they will have to pay him you're right so it'll be but interesting hey. how they fit everything under the salary cap because they just paid uh russell wilson a lot too yeah i mean if you think about it we probably would have had to give up trey boston and those picks for jamal adams mm -hmm. i wouldn't do that and i wouldn't do that at all no, me neither. So, but you know, good for the Jets for getting back something for him. I mean, he obviously wanted out of there. 
So they're probably better off three years from now than they would be. You know, they're they're worse today, but they weren't going to be very good this year anyway. Hopefully, they'll be with a new coach next year for their sake. Well, if uh, Jamal Adams, you know, is a is correct, I guess they will be. Um, you know, Jamal Adams is a defensive guy. Adam Gase is an offensive guy. They probably don't talk that much. I mean, Adam Gase probably doesn't have a ton to do with what Jamal Adams does, so who knows. Sounds like to me he just wanted to say something to get out of town. He's been talking crap about the GM and the owners as well, so he's just ready to get out of there. Yeah. All right, Jerry. It's time. Nope, it's not time. No? Oh, it is not Jerry, time because we got time. It is not time because we got slaughtered on our YouTube video comments for not bringing up Omar Bayless's name during our wide receiver segment. They they are in love with this guy from Arkansas State, six foot one, uh, two hundred and fifty pounds. I watched his highlights. He is a good um, jump ball guy, big large wingspan, but he's only six one. He's just like one inch taller than DJ Moore. Uh, he set records at Arkansas State. He, he's going to be fighting for that fourth or, or that fifth he's, spot. He's not going to make the roster, guys. And, I hate to tell you. And I was thinking about this myself. I was like, maybe it's because I've been burned by Demir Bird and other uh, guys. Uh, Ross from last year, Rashad Ross. That The undrafted guys this year just did not jump out at me. But I just want to bring him up because it was a hot topic on our YouTube video. And I just don't see him make it. He may make the team as like the last receiver or, you know, a practice squad guy. And I think that's where he'll fit. I don't think, see much more from him. Well, I'll say this. You know, we've got three, probably four definite receivers on this team. That yeah, Farrell Cooper's going to make the team for yeah. special teams. Just Right. So you have two maybe spots left. Probably two spots left, right? Mm-hmm. You figured DeAndre White was with the team last year, did a couple of things. You know, he, you know, Seth Roberts is up there. He's he would be higher than Omar Bayless. Brandon Zilstra was with the team last year. At well, this it point, is a new he's higher than staff. Omar you Bayless. You don't know that who could show I, up. I know. I understand that. Um, I mean, who knows? You know, I I was excited when I heard Omar Bayless was signing with the Panthers, but that was before we went out and got Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, that was before we sort of shored up that wide receiver core. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't feel bad that we didn't mention. I guess we should have mentioned his name, but I don't feel bad that we didn't go in detail uh, on him. I, I just, I just want to bring him up. Like I said, a lot of people commented. I mean, he yeah. ran a four six. He's an inch taller than DJ Moore. So running a four six, not the fastest guy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Robbie Anderson's six three and much faster. That's way more exciting to me than Armand Bayless. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe he'll surprise us. I hope so. Yeah. It'd be nice to find an undrafted free agent that does something. Yeah. <clears throat> Other than Joey Sly. All right. Now is it time, Jerry? <laughs> now is it time. I just wanted to touch on that because it was such a hot topic. All right, it's time. Let's talk about it. Uh, we put a p- Twitter poll up asking for um, the listeners to choose which position groups we talk about. Um, we put three options up, each with two positions, and the winner was offensive line and linebackers. So 
Let's start with the offensive line, I think. I think that okay. maybe a, a quicker conversation. Um, the starters, I think, are pretty much set, right? Maybe left guard is not set, but let's just run through them real quick. Left tackle, Russell Okung, mm-hmm. that's going to happen, right? Yeah, um, I don't see us trading for him. He's still on a big contract. He's been in yeah. the league. He's there. Yeah. Um, of course, we drafted Greg Little last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good depth there, hopefully. I mean, hopefully he can stay healthy and learn from Okung. I think that's probably best case scenario for us, right? Because Okung mm-hmm. is just a one-year deal, pretty much. Um, let's go to center. Matt Paradis, pin him in in it- permanent marker. He's making a ton of money. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Uh, you might as well see finish what you started with him. If if he doesn't have it, you can cut him after this year. Tyler, oh sorry, go ahead. No, I was, yeah, Tyler Larson. I mean, he's he's the backup. Uh, I think so. So well, I don't see him supplanting yeah. him. No, no. Um, but I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with him as the backup. You know, he's he's been around uh, mm-hmm. what a couple years now, two three years now. Yeah. Um, looks like yeah. Since 2016, so he's been around for a, a little while. Uh, and then there's a couple of guys, Frederick Malgoa, who was a rookie, and then Chris Reed, who, I don't know, he's been kicking around practice squads for a while. Right guard, uh, I'm going by this uh, Our Lads dev chart because the Panthers do not have an official one yet. They have Dennis Daly starting there which i could easily see dennis daly played pretty well for us last year especially you know not expect to do much granted he played at tackle but still played well and then they have michael schofield a 29 year old uh signee from the la chargers who started many games in his career as his backup so that one i could see going either to one of those two yeah i feel like that will probably flip the good thing about Dennis Daly is he's versatile, right? He can play a lot of different spots. So I could easily see, God forbid, a Kung goes down and Greg Little just isn't there putting Daly back at left tackle. He was serviceable, you know. Mm-hmm. He wasn't lighting the world on fire, but he, he was pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I think Daly is probably the guy you just plug him in where you need somebody, right? Yeah. Um, and then after that is Jawan Bushnell or Bushel Beatty. I don't really know anything about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then the right guard, uh, and we skipped left guard, by the way. We'll get back to that. But at right guard, we've got, uh, I'm sorry, right tackle, we've got Taylor Moten. I uh, feel like that's probably. That's set in stone. He was yeah, the best probably, lineman yeah. on our team last year. Uh, per PFF, he's the best lineman we have. Yep. So he rated yep. the highest from last year. So I don't, I don't foresee him going anywhere. I foresee him getting a nice size contract after this year. I believe. Yeah. So. Um. Good find by, uh, Herney. Uh, and then we've got Matt Kasky and Aaron Montiero as mm. his backups. Don't know anything about them either. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what to say so about these. To do some of these guys. I don't know. Some, yeah. Some linemen because it's like what did you do i they haven't played okay he yeah looks i mean most big. of these he looks strong yeah. good yeah they're all young let's just say that they're all young um both of those guys were 2019 draft picks that bushel Beatty was a or uh, i think even under undrafted 
Um, Bushell Beatty was uh, undrafted last year. So, I mean, a, a lot of these backups are just guys hoping to make a roster, right? And it's going back to what Matt Rule has really kind of started right now. It's a lot of younger guys. Let them duke it out and camp. Let's see who rises to the top. Let's see if there's a there's an undrafted guy or a one-year guy from another team that just didn't get a chance and he can become something special, an Andrew Norwell or someone like that, you know? Yep. Uh, and then let's go ahead and go back to left guard. Uh, right now they have John Miller mm-hmm. penciled in as the starter. Um, he's had he's kicked around the league a little bit. This is his third team. Um, I guess he's dealt with a lot of my, of injuries over mm-hmm. his career, but I guess he's the guy. I I don't know much about him. Yeah, I he was signed theme. by the Bengals <laughs> last year for a three year deal for sixteen point five million, and he started thirteen games, but then he was released. So, hmm. I. I'm assuming he's a decent guy. He was a third-round draft pick in 2015. Like you said, he's bounced around a few teams, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and now us. So we'll see how he does. It's another one of these younger guys. He's only 26 that we'll see if he pans out. If not, you know, cut bait and oh well. See you next year. You would think a guy, you know, especially a guard signed for that much money, uh, you would think, okay, well, maybe he's got something. But it was the Bengals, so you don't know, you know. <laughs> Say their name correctly. Notorious. The Bungles. The Bungles, yeah. They're notorious for making poor decisions. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't pay a ton of attention to other teams' offensive lines. So, John Miller, I just don't know much about again. Uh, and then his backups are three rookies. Uh, Brandon Bowen, Mike Horton, Sam Tecklenburg. Tecklenburg. Yeah, so, I don't know. Well, How do you feel about the offensive line overall? Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's it's still a work in progress. I like what they do. I feel like it has more depth than our previous years, like last year. Um, Taylor Moten's going to anchor it. it. That's weird. He's already there where he's the best guy on the team, I think, on the offensive line. Okung, I'm hoping... Looks solid there. And Greg Little, man, you're, like I've said before, this is his time to shine. He needs to show up because otherwise I could see them just strictly moving on from him already. If he doesn't look good in camp or in practice. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, when he when he played last year, he was okay. Um, certainly not playing as, as well as someone that drafted that high that you would hope they played, but... Um, I, I don't know that they'll just get rid of him. I think they'll give him an opportunity. I feel like the only place we actually have any depth is center and right guard. <laughs> I mean, you know, we got Paradis and Larson at center. And well, then Larson's Daly played and guard before, Schofield. too, for us. So yeah. you got to think that they can kind of bounce around. The tackle spot, you got to have a three-man rotation. You're going to have Greg Little, Russell Okun, and Taylor Bone. Right. Uh, Matt Kasky... Yeah, I don't see those guys really stepping in unless it's just spot duty or there's an injury to one of those three. Yeah, I mean, outside of... Um, and then, like you said, Dennis Daly could be kicked out there, too, in yeah. an emergency situation. 
Right. Uh, this is the thing. This is the same thing we talked about with wide receivers. You know, if uh, one of these starters gets hurt, you know, we could be in trouble because mm-hmm. we're going to have to rely on some of these guys who either was another team's trash and that we picked up in the offseason or is an uh, unproven rookie. So offensive line was something I think we both hoped that the Panthers would address in the draft, and they didn't. Uh, obviously, they didn't address any offensive players in the draft. So, uh, you know, this this is probably going to be a unit that struggles mm-hmm. and will be addressed in the draft next season. You said so. I don't think they're going to struggle that big. And, and I also think that the offensive scheme is going to be different. Is it going to be a lot of short, intermediate passes that gets the ball out of Bridgewater's hand fast that this line can hold up for? Yeah, and, and that very well could be the case. Uh, obviously, that's what uh, Norv Turner wanted to do. And that definitely hides some of the inefficiencies uh, or deficiencies with the line. Of course, run blocking is going to be paramount you know, this year with Christian McCaffrey. Hopefully he can, you know, he's good enough to play behind a subpar line and still put up numbers. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe we have the talent to, and the coaching scheme to sort of mask any of these issues. But Matt Paradis did not impress last year as a center. Uh, and then, of course, we had issues at left tackle. Uh, hopefully Russell Okung shores that up. But some, you know, pretty much everybody else, other than Moten, is a question mark and has issues. So we'll see. I guess I'm cautiously pessimistic, and you're cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I think that's the best way to <laughs> yeah. go with both of us. Yeah. Like I said, I'm really hoping that you know Brady kind of realizes how good the offensive line is early and kind of schemes the teams passing around that. And we have such dangerous weapons that can catch a three-yard slant and go the distance. Or, that's true. You know, the team is built around speed. So, and you got McCaffrey in the backfield. That you know, guys are going to start crowding the box. Hopefully, so. Well, plus you know the defense has to play McCaffrey as a receiver. So Mm -hmm. you got to take one of those guys, linebacker or somebody away from rush duty to cover him if he's running out to the flat. So. That helps as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I mean, over. I mean, I guess we're we're sort of around the same level with the offensive line, except I might be like C minus, and you may like C plus, essentially, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, I would maybe, say maybe C even plus B-. would be B. right now the okay. way I feel. Okay. Let's move to linebacker. Oh, yes, finally, linebacker, the saving grace of all the Panthers teams <laughs> of all time. Oh, wait, not this year. Now, Chris, uh, of course, Luke Keekley heading up their linebacker core, right, Jerry? Uh, oh. <laughs> Don't bring tears to my eyes. It's late. Yeah, that's the big, that's the big hole that you're going to see this season. It's the hole in the defense, and it's a hole in my heart. So starting off, Shaq, Shaq Thompson. Starter got paid big, big money. money. So good player hasn't been the leader of the team. Always had Luke and Thomas Davis. You know, when Thomas Davis left last year, Shaq Thompson stepped into his role, played really well. Uh, wasn't expecting Luke to go, so they went ahead and signed Tahir Whitehead from Oakland last year. Um, he's expected to start. 
pretty solid guy, except he's really bad in pass coverage. Yeah. Uh, to hear Whitehead instead of Luke Keekley is... That's that's about as big a drop-off as you can get, I think. For starters, that, yeah. 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 Shaq Thompson, let's talk about him for a minute. I mean, I was happy that they signed him. But in my mind, I was like, all right, he'll be paired with Luke. Luke can, you know, kind of bring him along and, and you know, he'll be able to watch Luke and learn from Luke and he'll be, he'll be fine, right? Well, now Luke's not there. Or do you have the same confidence in Shaq Thompson that you had when they signed him? Because I don't think I do. I have the same confidence. Shaq Thompson, in my eyes, is a good player. Luke Keekley was a great player. All time. I, by this time, yeah. By this time, Shaq doesn't shouldn't need to lean on somebody. He should be the leader of that group. But at the same time, he's not Luke. He is not that all pro guy. He's he's probably not even Thomas Davis, that freakish athlete, as so much he was. But well, that's what I worry about because it, this is the highest paid player. You know, uh, maybe on our defense. I'd have to go look at the numbers real quick. I don't know how much Kwan's making. He might be making a little more, but um, I mean, this is the guy. He's going to be expected to be the leader, the you know, the mm-hmm. person who kind of sets the table. He's the guy that you look to. And I don't know, man. I mean, he's always seemed a little untapped potential, maybe, or just n- never quite there for me never not as good as thomas davis like you said and i think for somebody making as much money as he's making he should be as good as thomas davis well i think this will be the year that he really kind of looks better than he has because because he's not sitting next to those huge stars in luke keekley and thomas davis i i think maybe those guys casted such a big shadow that maybe it kind of we didn't notice how good he was actually playing. I hope that's the case. I mean, I hope it's not the case that Luke Keekley was so good he made up for Shaq Thompson's shortcomings. Yeah, I mean that's, that's what a possibility I worry. too. That's what I worry about. Now we've um, only really mentioned two guys. Uh, yeah. I want to go ahead and state this that we're not considering Brian Burns or Marquise Haynes linebackers in this kind of positional breakdown we're considering more of them as edge rushers and we're going to fill them in with the defensive line yeah i mean maybe we even just do a a specific edge rusher position uh, position because you never i mean we don't really know what kind of defense they're going to be running here well phil stone has said multiple times that he plans on a 4-3 okay okay so in one mock I, or depth chart, I see Jermaine Carter as the other starting linebacker when they run that, which okay. is kind of instead of Whitehead. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. it'll be Shaq Whitehead and Jermaine. Carter oh, okay, okay, gotcha. As gotcha. a three, so it'll be interesting. And I think you and I have both had the same idea: is Jeremy Chin is such a freakish athlete, he might come down and play nickel. I use that quotes nickel corner but he'd be more kind of like the extra linebacker back there too and and, i mean honestly they could also do that with burns i think burns has that ability as well 
you just wonder would they want to take Burns away from doing what he does best, which is rushing I, from the edge. I, I don't know how good he would be in coverage, though. I think That's you true. definitely want him rushing the passer. If any passing down, if he's out there, you don't want him in coverage as much as you want him pat, rushing the passer. He's got a linebacker number, 53. So, um, All right, yeah. So, I mean, Jermaine Carr Jr., he was, what, a rookie last year, right? Uh, he was okay. Yeah, and then we have uh, Andre Smith as well. Yeah, Andre Smith was with the team last year. He was serviceable. And then I can't say this guy's name, Jordan Konetsky. You had yeah, the same he played some. He played. He actually year. played pretty good when he got out yeah. there. What? I said you had the same problem with his name last year. Well, how do you say it? Kanets- I don't know. That's fine with me. Kanat <laughs> Kanazik. Kanazik. I think Kanazik? that's actually it. Kanazik. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, he was okay. Yeah. So and- another group. Of after like the first one or two, it's gonna be like, whoo, we'll see how right. much damage they can do. They better show up in training camp. But that's again, a theme. That's a theme with this team. Mm-hmm. You know, if we only had to play starters, I think we'd be pretty competitive. But through you know the NFL season is guys go down. You know, all the time. We've seen it. It's wrecked seasons for us before. So this is just one of those seasons where we just don't have any depth. Yeah. And it's a lot of... The depth isn't proven, you need to say. Because a lot of this depth is one or two year guys or rookie guys that they're waiting to see if they step up. And that's yeah what they're expecting. Well, we should mention Christian Miller. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, he was a rookie last year. Uh, what, fourth round pick, I think, last year? Yeah. Um, and he was out there every once in a while and and did okay. He had some flashes. But will he fit a 4-3? That's the problem. Is he was more of a 3-4 linebacker. Yeah. And that was the problem with us trying to make that switch last year. We drafted a bunch of guys that fit the 3-4, and now we're going to switch back. But because half of our roster is 4-3, half of it's 3-4. <laughs> right. So... Yeah, uh, he yeah. he did play well when he was out there. I'm not knocking him. I just does he fit a linebacker or does he need to get down to a defensive end? Yeah, I could see him being. I could see him ended up as a defensive end, honestly. Yeah. Um, but who knows? You know, maybe you put him out there as a traditional linebacker. Who knows? We'll see. I don't know how good he is in coverage. I think that'll be the that may that seems to be a lot of these guys' deficiency is coverage. So. I mean, yeah, then after because that, our really... secondary is super strong, so right. they can make up for the. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get to the secondary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, after all those guys, it's rookies, right? Mac, uh, Jordan, Mac, Sam Franklin, David Reese, Chris Orr, yeah, uh, Jason Ferris. You know, these guys who. I think all of these guys are undrafted free agents, so probably won't make the team. Although some of them probably will because we just don't have a ton of depth. Yeah. You hope one of them pops. So overall, linebacker core, how do you feel? Uh, That's it, how I feel too. <laughs> uh, all right, if we're going to go to the uh, grading scale, I'd say D, maybe D+. Plus. Shaq Thompson is our is by far our... You know, quote unquote, best linebacker. Mm-hmm. 
and he at best is a B, right? Mm-hmm. And I, everybody I say else maybe B plus, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, he's not an A, right? No. He's not. He's not among the top ten linebackers in the league. Um, I, that's a problem. That's a real yeah. problem. We're gonna have a big issue in the middle of our defense, I think. Yeah. The middle and the and the <laughs> the middle and the backside of our defense, we're gonna have real issues with. <laughs> so that front four better be really good. The fans, and myself included in this, are just so used to the linebacking core being good. That we've been harping on the corners and everything, and didn't realize how bad the linebacking core really is. And I think it's scary bad. Like a D is can get demolished in the NFL. Yeah. Well, we had we just have to hope that our line is good enough to get so much pressure that you know, and Jeremy Chin could be a revelation at one of these spots i mean he's gonna be the guy that's all over the place so you know who knows jeremy chin can end up being that line you know roving linebacker outside linebacker that just changes the defense he really could be or one of these young guys one or two year guys jermaine carter andre smith christian miller jordan (laughs) did you just have a stroke are you okay do you smell toast (laughs) Knezic. Yeah. Knezic. Knezic. Knezic, yeah. I mean, Chin is listed as a safety, but he has said, and I think uh, Matt Rule also has said, that they expect him to sort of be positionless. So he could very hey. easily end up playing a lot of linebacker, especially if the, if it's as bad as we think it's going to be. Yeah. They may need him there. And and they also drafted Kenny Robinson for safety. They had Justin Burr. How do you say his name? Is it Burris? Yes, Justin Burris. So I feel like safety's yeah. in a better position than linebacker that if they need him more at linebacker, they can. Yeah, I think when we talk about safety, we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, that was fun um, and sort of depressing to talk about <laughs> <laughs> those two positions. Hey, hey, hey. Football is on its way. It is on its way. Training camp. Yeah, I mean, training agreement. camp is... Starting, it's a bummer that we can't go. Yeah, yeah, we can't go this year. This will be the first year that I haven't gone in four or five years. I took took my uh, two year old son last year, and it was a blast. And I was really looking forward to doing that again. Oh well, such is life. Such is life. But do you have any last things to say on this episode? Uh. Yes, I do, actually. Um, we have a five-star review on oh, iTunes. Oh, sweet. From LeoJM2. This was on Monday. I'm new to the Carolinas. I recently became a diehard Panthers fan. These guys are my go-to source of information to keep up with the team. They're always informative, entertaining, and never too long-winded. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um if you want your five-star review read on the show, then just go to Apple iTunes and drop us one. We appreciate it. It helps us out. Um, makes more people see the show and listen to the show. So, uh, Also, check out our YouTube. Jerry does a really good job on our YouTube channel, um, cutting together some of the most entertaining and informative bits. So check that out. 
yeah, I try to just grab a segment or two and just kind of put them together with some images and try to not make them long, but it's not yep. the whole podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Meow Makes Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at meowmakespodcast.com. We'll be back probably next week. Yeah, um, definitely next week. Maybe another interview. We'll see. Um, and we'll be talking some training camp, I think. Yep. One year anniversary week. Woo! Yeah, Wednesday. Yep. Wednesday is our anniversary. So we, we'll, tr- I don't know if we're going to get an uh, episode out Wednesday, but we'll definitely have one out by the end of next week. Yep. All right, everybody. Until then, keep pounding. Wow, <laughs> wow,